Aaron Vogt is a TCNJ and WTSR alumni from 2002 who now also works at Town Square Media as a news reporter and occasional anchor on New Jersey 101.5 KXWFM. Through her background in journalism, Erin discusses how her education at TCNJ and WTSR helped her better connect with the local community and become a professional reporter. So I am a I'm a news reporter and a fill-in anchor on the air uh, for New Jersey 101.5 News. Uh, the exciting thing about Town Square Media, I've been with the company now for oh goodness, let's think, a few years. Um, actually, was hired out of our property, but we have different radio stations in New Jersey as well. We have stations down the shore out of Tom's River, uh, music-based. Um, they still obviously have all the public service elements and uh, newscasts that go with it. But um, <clears throat> through my, my career since being at TCNJ, I majored in journalism, <clears throat> excuse me, I majored in journalism, but I was part of WTSR all four of my years. I finished in the four years as an undergrad and that gave me my love of radio propelling me in that direction for career. I'd already been a fan of it and I didn't realize, you know, what we would do with it. But um, so I've always been fortunate enough to continue the journalism path. Um, so I've worked for music stations, I've worked for news and I've kind of flip flopped over the years. So my current role is a little bit of everything. And it's the first time that we've done a lot with digital media. Um, so I do a lot of writing. Uh, so I do, do a lot of writing news stories, um, some in list form, but just a lot of informational stuff specific to the state of New Jersey. Um, and then when they need me, I go and I fill in on the air for the anchoring uh, position. So it's a little bit different than everything I had done up until this point, but it's kind of nice because you have your hands in more things. And then the things that you're writing are living on for, for longer usage for the people who are reading them. So that's what I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> So um, since you're a WTSR and TCNJ alumni from 2002, um, yes. so <laughs> what were some, what initially attracted you to radio and journalism in general? Um, so it's funny, as you get older, you kind of look back and you're like, oh, I guess that maybe it was meant to be because back in the day, I mean, I'm 40 now. So um, as, you know, as entertainment, when I was a teenager, we would, you know, do things where you'd listen to countdowns on the radio and you'd tape them on your cassette deck. And some of it's come back into fashion like CD players, but still way people are light years ahead of us with some of their uh, their forms of listening now with streaming and everything, which is exciting. But uh, so I always was a, a fan. Uh, I had the appreciation for for radio and what it could do and connect you to, you know, music and information and, and the voices and the personalities. Um, but I hadn't really thought about it in terms of being like a high school student, but I do vividly remember walking through back then it wasn't as beautiful as it is now, but the student center at a uh, campus and you know, you have, you have all your groups set up and your activities. I guess it was like an orientation day of sorts because it was before I arrived as an actual freshman, but I remember that TSR had a, a table set up. And it was just like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. So I actually had a good friend of mine too. We lived in Norsworthy, this oh. freshman at the dorms. And we went down for our training to the basement of Kendall Hall. And, you know, I started out doing newscasts there. That was probably where I did my first newscast, come to think of it, um, just on the air. And it was a thrilling idea to, you know, have your voice out over the airwaves. Um, and thankfully, I always felt like it was a, a home from the minute that I walked in and met other people and other people who were attracted to the same 
uh, place and the same interests. Um, and it really deepened my appreciation for music, both, you know, to be able to play it and share it with other people, but also to go to see live shows. We used to go see a lot of stuff in uh, Philadelphia because it was so close mm -hmm. at the TLA and, and uh, Electric Factory and all of that. A uh, few things on campus too, but back in the day, we used to do a lot of road trips into Philly. Um, so yeah, once I got there and found the station, it really kind of helped um, form the idea of how I could you know, become, you know, a professional. And uh, we also were fortunate enough to have great professors at the time. We had advisors different from these days, but uh, Bob Marburg was probably the advisor for the most of the time that I was at. TSR and he was really great about letting the students just run things and he was there as the advisor but mm -hmm. it was really in our hands and um, and then for journalism uh, Kim Pearson was one of my professors she's fantastic and an inspirational uh, professor for for sure and had great stories and we had uh, Bob Cole too so <laughs> they were on the the old school side of things well Bob Cole more so than, than Kim she gets everything and brings it all together but um, so I stayed with the journalism side, but that kind of helped shape the fact that I was doing TSR as a passion and it brought it together. And then we were also fortunate, Patrick, too, enough. Um, and a few of us, I know, that have come through the, the station and then gone on to work for part time to start. But um, for what is now Town Square and the property that I'm currently working at, I was back then it was owned by a different company, but it was still New Jersey went at 1.5. And because it's so close to the campus, it was a great way to kind of get your foot in the door and actually, aside from doing things as a student at our station, uh, worked promotions and then worked in the newsroom there and then kind of saw it, the idea and the potential for it as a full-blown career. So it definitely was just walking through though and then seeing the station and the excitement that went with it and the possibility of it that kind of turned me onto it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What were some notable projects that you worked on at TSR? So let's think. Um, stuck with it long enough. I forget what my first position was on the board, but I was station manager by the time I was a senior because it was just what I was really passionate about. So we just, I remember putting a lot of shows together, um, making friends with a lot of, actually, well, come to think of it, <laughs> now that I'm getting on the, the train of thought, I think for me personally, it wasn't a big project per se, but my area of expertise, if you could call it that at the time, was developing relationships with local artists, local musicians, um, some of them students, but actually a lot of bands that were in the area. And then we kind of expanded it to parts of New Jersey. Um, and so I remember doing a first few interviews with um, artists and then bringing them on campus and things. And that, again, for me personally, was the most rewarding because it kind of helped me cement the idea of being able to do that and, and have, you know, dialogue and ask questions and, and formulate that for the professional side. So I think keeping the local musician outreach alive was important to me. So not so much a project per se, but just an ongoing relationship, bringing them down and being able to give them a chance to speak to potential new fans and play their music where they couldn't really get that anywhere else because they're not assigned, you know, actor or they're up and coming. We had some come through that um, blue October. That's kind of the beauty of college radio too, being that early platform and like kind of discovering them. <laughs> it really is. And it, you, I, I know we felt a fierce um, with the, the people who kind of mentored me 
at TSR and some of them are still there for their community shows, Dave Steed and Andy Levine. Um, and so you feel like a fierce connection and a kind of a protection to like make people want to listen to them. I remember it was really frustrating, you know, when people don't give unsigned or indie or whatever you want to call it a chance. Um, but it was just a really special time to be able to realize, you know, the, what could be out there if you do the digging and, and, uh, to give it a chance and, and to just always be looking for, for the new thing. Yeah. So what was that process like for um, building publicity for the station? Did you find that many of your college peers would tune in? It was, it was a really, it's a really tough thing, I think, because people, I mean, I, I don't, I'm curious to see, like, what it's like for, for your, you and your peers now, because of the fact that you have streaming and you have podcasts and all these other choices. So the potential is there to maybe tap into different interests. I mean, back when, when we were there, when I was there, uh, it was always, it was a challenge. People either already, you know, had that interest in music and different of the specialty shows, you know, whether it was like punk based or, um, uh, you know, like what now would be like EMD, I guess, or whatever. And, and on the flip side, it was always, I remember sitting around as freshmen and I think it was like an 80 show and the instant connection where we were calling in for requests to whoever was on the air we were excited to be able to ask them to play a song for us and they were excited to have the interaction. So I remember that and it was like an early experience where once you make that connection, um, it was really worth it and it was rewarding. So it was like, it was a constant give and take, I would say, where, you know, you'd like drum it up. And again, it goes back to the live music. If we had some students who were in a band um, and the more people you could get involved, obviously the potential is there more to have more people be passionate about it and to give more attention to it. So that was always kind of the, the, the challenge in front of us. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like nowadays <laughs> a lot of people, like a lot of my college peers, they might not consider tuning in or it's like, oh, well, like I'll just go on Spotify and listen to what I've been listening to for years. And it's like, well, there's yeah. like a sense of like discovery and like being able right. to carry. And we've been really building our social media presence. So that's that a key helps. too. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool thing to have because yeah, back when we were doing it, it was like flyers and, you know, trying to post them up and it was fun on one hand, but yeah, there's, I feel like there's even more potential, but mm -hmm. you're always going to deal with that preconceived notion that people are going to either are used to, they're already set in their ways, even for being, you know, relatively young adults, they let, you know, Spotify or whoever build the playlist for them instead of necessarily going out. But then for every five people like that, you'll have two people who, you know, are already passionate about music and like this is the the area that they've been waiting for to kind of help build their path toward whatever it might take them to be. I know a lot of, um, a few of my colleagues from TSR interned at the same time I did when I was already going into my senior year. I was in my senior year. We actually interned for Conan O'Brien before he did the Tonight Show, oh. his old show. And we did a winter, it was a whirlwind winter internship in the city. Um, and But it was relationships through TSR where we all kind of like saw the opportunity and like three or four of us used to take the train and go in and it was, it was a really fun time. So yeah, you build different relationships, some of whom you stay in touch with, some of whom you don't, but it's really fun to find people who are like-minded like you. It makes it even more, uh, you appreciate it more when you realize that there's a lot of people who kind of are just on autopilot and then you have people who are as inquisitive as, as you yourself might be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it, yeah, there's definitely a really good community around college radio. 
Did you it find, is, there is, yes. Did you find that there were certain skills that you learned at TSR that helped you throughout your career? Like even when you're saying like getting this internship and so forth? Yeah, I mean, um, the idea of networking, it kind of helped you. I mean, it was the first um, organization that I was involved in as a, you know, an undergrad where we had a say in, you know, getting things like promotional items and designing, you know, a t-shirt for one of our shows that we would do there on campus. Um, and all of that, again, you know, it just underscored the idea that it was all something that I possibly wanted to continue to do. So the idea of learning how much work goes into those things, I think, is something that's a key lesson early on because it looks really easy, maybe, or, you know, you think about the the reward part of it without necessarily realizing all of the, the groundwork or the legwork that goes into it. Um, but it makes it that much sweeter when it does go off as, as a success of one sort or another. Um, and then just the interview skills too. I mean, dealing with the staff is one thing because you want to keep everybody on the same page. So that was a big portion of, you know, the learning curve. Um, and then also dealing with people as they come in. And then also what we were talking about before um, with the idea of like the advertising ability, like to be the salesperson, to be your own advocate and to kind of try to get people to understand what the mission is and what open your mind means. And uh, so, yeah, it was all really like life skills, not just even for staying in the field and, or in a broadcast profession, but it definitely gave you a taste of, of uh, being, you know, more of a, an advocate for things that you, that you feel strongly about. <laughs> so with your journalism background, how did you transition? Because you focused a lot on um, promoting local artists so how did you transition into news positions and with journalism and like, as you're saying, digital media? Yeah. So um, I stuck with journalism. I declared it early on, I think, as a journalism major. And then at that time, I don't think there was as much of a, they, did, they restructured after I was there where they made it more of an interplay between the journalism track and communication key of part of it was also doing as a part-time uh, job was working for New Jersey 1015 and learning on the job that was huge um, so that was you know I got that in early and it was nice to actually be earning a little bit of money and learning all the experience along the way um, and then the internship came in later that was definitely more of a fun one wasn't so much what I wound up doing but uh, a lot of it was just learning as I went and and kind of looking for that opportunity to uh, to talk to people who are already in the field um, and then I stuck with it. And I remember, let me see, just as we were getting ready to graduate, um, I'd been working all the way through all four years uh, and I saw a position open up and it was for a company at the time was called Greater Media and it was up in Somerset. There's um, FM, AM radio stations up there. And I remember going in for, for my first news director um, boss full-time, uh, fresh out, you know, just about to graduate. And he was explaining this job to me, which was going to be six days a week, Monday through Saturday, Monday through Friday night, Saturday morning to the afternoon. And it was local, being the local reporter slash anchor and going, covering by then, it was a lot of phone interviews, but we covered um, Middlesex and Somerset counties in New Jersey and all the local municipal meetings. So the town councils, the borough councils, um, anything that came out of that. But and when he was just explaining the, the parameters of the position as a college student, as a 21, 22 year old, and we're thinking about working Monday through Friday night and Saturday morning, it didn't sound appealing, <laughs> but, but it was my foot in the door. So I took it and it wound up being the, the first step in, in 
pretty rewarding and never boring, that's for sure, uh, career that I've been able to at least stick with what I envisioned in some way, shape, or form and still being in, in communication. So I think, yeah, you can't be afraid of the, the hard work or I think sometimes it might be easy to kind of shy away from stuff because you're, it might seem too challenging or daunting or, you know, but I think the key is to, to pay your dues, so to speak, that kind of never goes away and then just not be afraid of proving yourself. And then ideally you kind of be, you're able to like back off that, that crazy six day and nights and mornings and, you know, it's all worth it in the end, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy schedule compared to like, yeah, DSR. Like what was oh, that? Was that a major shock entering like in the professional world? Um, it was, and it, but it was also exciting. I mean, you're, you know, fresh out of graduation to be able to say that you're doing something that's related to your major was, uh, was nice. So that was good. And, uh, I definitely learned a lot on that position too. Um, and was surrounded by a lot of super professionals. And so I definitely think it was worth it, but yeah, again, it's, it's really crazy because otherwise you're to look back on it. If I hadn't done that, I don't really know where I would have wound up, you know, you don't know when the opportunity is going to strike like that. So you kind of have to go with your gut and, and just, but, you know, hope that it kind of pays off. And then worst case, you, you pivot and you do something else. But, uh, but the good thing was I had youth on my side. So, I mean, I had a weird sleeping habit anyway, from being an undergrad. <laughs> I remember watching a lot of X-Files coming off my shift at like, you know, midnight or whatever the heck it was. So <laughs> whatever was on TV, that was less choices too back then. So yeah. <laughs> No Netflix. It was pre-Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So like, how, how was like technology to how, what have been some noticeable changes that you've noticed through? Just the, I mean, the digital was in infancy to really think about it compared to now. Um, so back, you know, when I was in the TSR, I'm sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> but um we played CDs, uh, you know, we had the wall of CDs up there. Um, I think the big thing was we had like mini disc players to like do certain things for, I don't know about special occasions. We still had all the vinyl in the back and that was still like, you know, hip and retro, but I think that's never kind of gone away. If anything, it's kind of come back. I think it's really interesting to see my nephew think of CDs as like, the. I mean, obviously it is retro now, but he like, that's, he's collecting CDs. Like people used to collect, <laughs> vinyl when, when right. CDs are still very current so it's all very full circle but um yeah. yeah we used to play off the what the heck was it like the 360 um I didn't use reel to reel in our studio it wasn't that was like older than me but my first professional job I actually wound up having to use reel to reel to tape record uh, to tape uh, interviews on um which meant that you had to like get them you couldn't really edit it. It was really, it's like a, such a foreign concept now because everything you could do digital, you know, whatever program it is that you might use, you yeah. couldn't cut out an um or an ah or if something happened and you didn't catch it, you'd have to ask them, you'd have to get them to give you the answer again if it was something that you knew you wanted as like a soundbite. So mm -hmm. depending on how easy of an interview it was, yeah. it was, that was something that was really a, a learning experience on the job too. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot of legacy <laughs> equipment, as you would say nowadays. <laughs> <Absolutely>, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's really going to be fun now. 
yeah. <laughs> comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, nowadays we have like the automation and like we're able to like program use Adobe Audition and it's that's great because that's yeah. the challenge too. Like back, Definitely. you know, was having the live bodies there and obviously it's still great to have them on certain shifts and stuff. But going into the summer or whatever, mm-hmm. it was always a challenge uh, to try to do the automated thing. And so now at least you have more flexibility with the the station to be able to kind of fill in this the gap, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how is your position like shifted even during the coronavirus? Have you noticed? Like, do you still go into like the physical workplace or not as much so yeah luckily um and it goes back to being able to have already kind of pivoted and done more digital writing mm-hmm. i'm talking to you working from home which i i did occasionally for the last like, couple of years i would do work from home like maybe two days out of the week and then when the virus hit and you know really shut everything down uh, in our state um, was home from, from the get-go. And then I only had to go in to our studios, who we think, probably, I think it was like June. So it was a good several, few months. Um, and then I had to go in June because I'm, as the backup anchor, I go in when somebody takes a day. So at that point, people weren't really going anywhere, but it was like mental health days because everybody was working crazy amounts of time and, and dealing with everything. And then when I don't have to be on the air physically, um, I'm home and writing and I'm recording stuff and sending in uh, reports and stuff for, for the next day's newscasts. <laughs> so yeah, a lot more home, uh, remote, working from remote, which is nice to have the flexibility. So yeah, in our business, it's been really interesting uh, to even hear people who traditionally never broadcast from home suddenly be setting up like, you know, their microphones and their little like makeshift studios and stuff. So it's really been interesting to see like the whole industry kind of shift to having to work apart and remotely. So it's the capability is there, like we were talking about. So it comes at a decent time, but it's just been really weird. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you noticed a change in like maybe the work mentality or like the camaraderie of the station or even like with your listeners? Yeah, I think so. I think since we're um, a talk format, but we have a pretty strong newsroom, we've seen a really good response. People want information. And so it's been, um, it's been nice to have that. We have a pretty strong connection as it is, but when something happens like this and yeah, there's uncertainty and there's things in development, like uh, the return to school and which schools are doing sports and what they're doing to make that safer. um, Every time we put an article out about that, you can actually see the, the demographics and of, you know, who's, who's clicking on it and how many people and how many people that has the potential of reaching. So that's really nice. Um, so people are looking for that information and it's been nice to be a part of, you know, their answers as opposed to, you know, posing more questions. And then, yeah, it's been a challenge to work remotely with, you know, our, our newsroom. Thankfully we already, you know, had everybody kind of had their days that they were working from home, but it's definitely strengthened communication and just, you know, letting everybody know what's happening and checking in, you know, at given points throughout the day. But um, yeah, we've made it through, I think, stronger than we were before. I mean, there've definitely been a lot of stressful times, but it's been big payoffs in the sense that at least what we're doing matters and is uh, is helpful to the people who, who are looking for that information. Yeah. <laughs> So what's some advice that you would give to students considering like a career in like media? I think if it's your passion, you go for it and you just learn as much as you can. I mean, for me, it's really worked out um, and it's still rewarding. And I think the, the, the crazier your schedule starts out, the, 
the less conventional you can envision yourself having a, a, a nine to five. I mean, I don't even know if that word exists anymore, nine to five, but especially now with most people at home. But um, if they have that interest, if whatever their ground floor might be, whether it's they're passionate about music, whether they're passionate about the idea of interviews and making those connections, um, I think it's it can still be really rewarding and you know you'll hear your a lot of ongoing debate about the changing face of media and you know which mediums you know they're thinking will become extinct and everything but the can, the need for human connection I think we've really seen more now than ever with everything going on with the pandemic the need for human connection is always going to be there so there's always going to be a way to communicate with each other and there's always going to be the need for information as we were saying for the comforts of you know some good songs or um good topics and and the distraction of it but also the information of it uh so it will always be evolving it will always be changing but the more immersed you keep yourself in it um, and you look for those new opportunities to learn something that is outside of your comfort zone. Um, always be up for that challenge, I think, and kind of don't, you know, don't overthink it going into it. Just have as much confidence as you can and don't be afraid to ask questions too. That's another big thing, especially when you first come across your first possible prospective mentors, whether they be other students who've been doing it for longer or you get a, you know, part-time job or you get an internship. Um, and it kind of, you could be surprised, you know, at what you learn without even realizing that that's what you were maybe sub subliminally hoping to, <laughs> to find and develop for yourself. <laughs> Would you suggest students to develop a specific beat of like what they want to focus on? Like, I think, if, I think if something comes really naturally to you, like if, you know, something that you know that you or you, that you feel that you could really contribute and you like if you're fortunate enough to be young and have a really strong voice in one area then by all means um you know develop that and pursue that uh and then it goes back to there's also something to be said for the utility players and i think that the the inspiration so to speak the the connection might come at later times for different people so i think yeah i think if it's something if it's already kind of you're something mulling around and there's something that you really want to make sure that more people pay attention to, or you really feel like you have a, a different insight that might help, uh, you know, share your perspective with other people, then, you know, by all means, uh, continue with that. But then. Well, thank you, Erin, so much for your time. This has been great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And like I said, it's just great to see that our station is, is thriving and living on and even through all the craziness and stuff, it's, it's fun to see that there's still uh, like-minded, uh, music and, and communication fans. So the best of luck with everything. <laughs> hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at 91.3 FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org, on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.